Welcome to the Sad Boys, a podcast about feelings and other things also. I'm Jarvis. <laughs> oh no, it's already too our, good. Our guest is laughing. <laughs> our guest is laughing pretty heavily. Now, uh, in the essence of transparency, do we keep this in the show? Do the intro again? Welcome to the Sad Boys, a podcast about feelings and other things also. I'm Jarvis. <laughs> <laughs> How could that be? How could he be broken? We've just watched someone forget their name mid <laughs> Welcome to the Sad Boys, a podcast about feelings and other things also. I'm Jarvis, and we recorded four other intros before this, and they were way more fun. And I'm Jordan, but I'm scared, Jarvis. The reason that Jordan is scared is because we're joined by a guest, and Jordan is afraid of all of our guests. I'm afraid, Jarvis, because the topic this week is fear. The topic this week is fear. I'm uncomfortable, and we're joined by one of our favorite people. Who will keep us safe. Who will keep us safe. She's a knight in shining armor. Before she talks, let's just list out the, the, all the things she's achieved. Uh, uh, she she's is a, an artist of beautiful art. Artiste, a Instagram star, a serial killer? Maybe unconfirmed. Uh, Boom. <laughs> Heather Wilder is joining us today. Um, Heather, we were about to go through your entire resume. I'm, no, I'm going to cut that off. I think that's why you stopped. What's more sad boys than making Heather intensely uncomfortable? Today we're talking <laughs> about fear. Start. Some of our biggest, maybe some of our most irrational. Mm -hmm. uh, but we'll get to that topic shortly. We're going to be touching on things we're scared of, rationally things we're scared of, irrationally things maybe we become afraid of. Mm. Perhaps in this episode we'll discover new fears, new dark desires that we can't escape from. Next time on Dragon Ball Z. Ba -da 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 -da. And the show's over. Yeah. Oh, Vegeta! <laughs> oh, the classic episode. <laughs> oh, Vegeta. Vegeta. The, the episode where it, was, guy. where it was full house, except for the Dragon Ball <laughs> Oh, Vegeta. I'll be there for you. <laughs> Young Jarvis. Yes. Why don't you explain to me why we're talking about fear? Um, well, we're talking about fear because it's an important emotion. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a driving emotion. Yeah. Um, it, it decides kind of like the way that we exist in the world. And I'm afraid of a lot of stuff, and I think it's important to talk about. What else should we be saying here? Well, the reason we wanted the reason we wanted Heather Wilder on the show this week is because Heather Wilder is one of my favorite humans because Aww. she is so insightful, and fear is a thing that you need a little insight on. So, what we're going to talk about today is a few of our fears, and then also like the concept of fear, like the mm. overall business. So, Heather, you're going to be pretty much doing all of the heavy lifting. Um, me and Jarvis are going to lie down here on the ground. We're here. We're Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. We're just like comedic relief. We're already crying. Yeah. <laughs> we are so afraid. Please explain to us uh, why we shouldn't be afraid of all the things we're scared of. Oh, no, you should. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I need to go. <laughs> well, that's a great segue into our topic. How's your week going? <laughs> uh, yeah, we'd like to kick it off talking a little bit about the week. Heather, Ooh. how the hell? Don't be scared. I know it's a scary word. <laughs> Has your week been? My week's been really good. Uh, actually, I was a little sick earlier in the week, but I don't know. I'm in bright spirits. I live in an amazing city and I'm surrounded by good people and I just got a Crunchyroll subscription. So life hey. is pretty The uh, three things right now. you need to, to remain stable. Food, water, roll. Anime, yeah. roll. Any We're, roll. All people rolls. don't often talk about the Crunchyroll subscription and how necessary it is to happiness. Yeah, that's the thing. Everybody has Netflix. Everybody's checking out the originals. Maybe you dabble in Hulu. Look. Before you sign up for Maybe any of you've those. seen an Amazon original. Just maybe. <laughs> I feel like I have the Trinity. I have Netflix, Hulu, and Crunchyroll, and I just don't think I need much else. Oxygen, well, maybe. Yeah, you've got Both all in theory and on the television. Yeah, but not yeah, for me. you've got all television <laughs> pretty much <laughs> with that. that I've got Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. I don't really I need just oxygen. Finished it. Um now we we might mm. weeb out. I don't know if <laughs> is that a good I intro just or not? learned we this get. word. I didn't know that was a word, which is I Guess I am one. That's cool. No shame. I like finding I think new labels for myself. I think it's fine to uh, to appreciate some of the beautiful art that's coming out of Japan these days in the form of uh, anime. So, Jordan, how's your week going? Uh, my week's pretty good. I'm deep. Since we're talking a little bit about fear, I do want to touch on this, this one concern I have. I have recently started manifesting a medical condition that nobody else has identified yet. I'm, it's a psychological medical condition, and I'm coining it here. 
All right. It's called uh, ZocDocism. Oh, no. oh, okay. Is anybody oh, familiar no. with the uh, phone application ZocDoc? Yes. Yeah. So anybody who isn't ZocDoc is effectively a, it's kind of like Uber for doctors. <laughs> oh, I thought it was more them. like Yelp for doctors. It's exactly like Yelp for doctors, but it's you can also, you, you book and you set everything up through this uh, app. You put it up and you say, I need a dentist appointment. And then you go through the And then the flow, an Uber driver uh, kidnaps a dentist and brings <laughs> him to your house. Gives you his teeth. <laughs> now you're the dentist. Five stars. Uh, that's how that works. Five stars. If you, wait, if you take a dentist's teeth, you don't become a dentist. <laughs> you, you, you're wrong. Well, you yeah, no one knows immortal. that for sure. I've never tried. Have you yeah. ever seen more than one dentist? <laughs> In the same room at the same time. Yeah. You know, Isn't that the plot of Highlander? <laughs> yeah, it's being passed around. Like, there can there, only be one dentist. There can only be one dentist. <laughs> you bet. I teeth. am immortal. I have inside me teeth of other dentists. <laughs> so, so far. Sorry. Shout out for how insightful a, a Highlander reference that was. <laughs> Nobody's talked about Highlander for 500 years and you're able to pull out an exact quote. That's amazing. That's incredible. But anyway, I want to, for this, I kind of feel like Sad Boys is one part podcast, second part medical journal. And as a result, I want to try and communicate this, this recent discovery. Gross. It's our Twitter bio. <laughs> it's our Twitter bio. Um, ZocDocism is a condition based on, it's, it's a combination of how all millennials are terrified of death. Right. But also how convenient everything is. So I'm in this constant cycle right now where I will quickly search WebMD because hmm, I've got an itchy shin. Oh, turns out I have super cancer. <laughs> Who <laughs> yeah. knew? Yeah, it's weird. It's uh, Itchiness is most commonly associated with an unknown super disease that is... <laughs> yeah is called super cancer. So I have a, unknowingly picked up a, a, a Brazilian parasite <laughs> somehow, despite never having been. You know, if you check in a ZocDoc enough, you can start collecting real-world badges that you can wear <laughs> on a sash very proudly. Every, yeah. For every doctor you defeat. Yeah. What do you mean one, I have to wait? Pokemon. What do you mean I have to wait 30 minutes from the emergency room? I'm a level three <laughs> ZocDoc. You just show that sash, get right in. So the horrible cycle that I'm trapped in is that I will book an appointment because it's so easy usually book it late at night because i'm scared about my itchy shit <laughs> what, what, oh wait are you saying you're booking these appointments for late at night or you were late I am, at night it's, doing uh, the booking? i am my least rational point in the day is late at night so yes. that's typically when I've, I've got like adrenal fatigue I'm right, saying, right, right. it kind of seems like i've got an itchy leg i mean that's probably i'm dying right for sure <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, way it's sure. anything else the there's no way it's <laughs> there's no way it's me having an itchy leg <laughs> Right. No something had to have caused that itch. No. Yeah, it, it must be something far more macabre. So I get scared, I book a ZocDoc appointment, and then the morning comes, and I immediately, due to the convenience, cancel that ZocDoc appointment. I recently had to call support to apologize, because after about 15 cancellations, they shut down your account. Oh, and, wow. And I did hit that cap pretty quickly. Oh, wow. This, it just happened recently. Uh, work was pretty intense, and as a result, I was just kind of... Uh, Intense in like a fun, compelling way, but also just in a by the end of the day when you're lying in bed, I've got my itchy leg. Well, and a general malaise. A general malaise. I typed in general malaise. Turns out that's also super, super cancer. cancer. Which yeah. is insane. It's weird. Super cancer is actually all symptoms. Yeah. All symptoms lead to super cancer. That's the tricky thing about WebMD, though, because historically, if you get, I mean, you know, let's just use the flu as an example. If you get the flu, you kind of got a bit of everything. Because you just feel bad. When your body's bad, you get a lot of symptoms. You get like, hey, is your is your neck kind of sore? I'm like, well, yeah, because everything's sore all the yeah, time. Yeah. It's and like so, meningitis. <laughs> it must be meningitis that's also got that. Like, but no, but I also have an itchy shin. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that's no. the Brazilian parasite I think and I've, meningitis. I think I've got uh, a whooping cough. Huh. Have you been coughing? Well, no, but I. By In theory, God, I'm I warm. could. Yeah, I am. I am a little warmer than I should be. It is seventy-five degrees, and I'm sweating. Should I be sweating? Is that healthy? Uh, so that's um, hopefully somebody listening is a doctor and/or lawmaker, and they can just lock that in. That's my request. That's the homework for this week. Please yeah, wait, are you, wait, are you I trying? I think you should probably wait. give the request because I don't know what this doctor no, I is think, I think now. Jordan got kicked off of ZocDoc and now he's trying to use our podcast to book <clears throat> new doctor's appointments. Look, let's not throw <laughs> accusations around, but if you are looking, <laughs> if you're in the San Francisco area and you're looking for a particularly difficult patient, <laughs> you'd like to challenge yourself. <laughs> uh, a patient who plays hard to get. <laughs> Are you looking for a flirtatious oh patient? I'm sure that's their favorite kind. <laughs> I really want to diagnose you. Oh, what have you <laughs> got? What's going on? Um, but yeah, hey, if you've got like a cooler Latin phrase for ZocDocism, hit me up on Twitter, Jordan Adika, A-D-I-K-A. I want to get this logged in the books. Let's go. All right, all right. Jarvis. Yes. How in God's name was your week? My week is good. Um, I'm going, so... 
Thanksgiving just passed. Um, I I went to Florida. Very nice. Um, at least that is the plan because it is currently before Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was bought in. This is <laughs> such a pivot. <laughs> the fiction was so rich that we forgot it wasn't Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was like, yeah, God, that was a really good Friendsgiving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had. Shame um, about all the death. <laughs> so I'm about yeah. to go to Florida for Thanksgiving, uh, getting some things together for work. This morning, I read a very long article about a self-improvement guru who is doing a challenge where he learns a new hard skill every month. Wow. And he challenged Magnus Carlsen, uh, the chess grandmaster, probably most famous chess player in modern times compared to Bobby Fischer and Gary Kasparov regularly to, to chess. And so he, he went, he was like, I don't know how to play. I like, I barely know how to play chess. I'm going to become good enough to beat Magnus Carlsen in a month. That's the challenge. And so I read this article about this guy's self-help thing. Magnus Carlsen destroyed him. Oh, sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like it like, turns out that if you're very good at chess, you could beat somebody that just kind of likes it. So, yeah, I yeah. imagine he just brought out a checkerboard and was like, "I'm not going to do the real thing because I would decimate you. We're just going to do checkers." So he convinced. So he has done a number of challenges, like solving a Rubik's cube in under 20 seconds, which is like speed solving, which is like a whole thing. And it's like the the things that he's doing are pretty impressive. But uh, chess is very much a memory game, very much you have to be able to like crunch a lot of, you know, board states. It's and stuff a whole language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's experience. Just like a language, you gain fluency through experience. And it doesn't sound like this cat was putting a lot of time in. No, right? no. Like, so he put in a month. So I mean, oh. yeah. But <laughs> has, the, has Kasparov done that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was the weird thing. It's like just put in a couple months of practice, you'll be good at chess. Like, <laughs> Do you that, think it would have like changed if he had had 30 or 31 days? Uh, <laughs> that extra day yeah, it really tipped it he, over. Unfortunately, he did this in April. So, uh, <laughs> was it at, at 27 days, he was pretty good, but 28 was when he learned what the knight does. So, <laughs> so he went into the game, I was like, shit, um, can I ride this? <laughs> How does this work? Put a pawn on that, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he he tried to build when he realized that he wouldn't be able he wouldn't be able to become a chess grandmaster in thirty days. The surprise! Uh, he he started writing an algorithm to simulate Magnus Carlsen's playing style and tell him whether or not he was making good moves or bad moves. Which Magnus Carlsen found out about, like the Wall Street Journal told Magnus Carlsen about this, uh, and they they like made this whole like public showing. But the problem is he didn't finish the algorithm. What? And so he like ran out of time because uh, he was like doing another challenge like before that, and so he just never. And so Magnus Carlsen went in thinking he was playing a human version of a computer, like somebody who would internalize like a good algorithm for playing against him, and he was like shaking and stuff like he like faked him out. Like, it, it, like the psyche game was like really good. And then eight moves in, it was tied. Whoa. Wow. Eight moves in, it was tied. And then, uh, he made like a really stupid move. And then Magnus Carlsen was like, Oh, okay. Easy. He and asked then, out loud. What does the knight do? <laughs> yeah. And when? <laughs> yeah. Any tips? Yeah. He did the thing where you move it once and then back and then and then ask with your eyes. So like, yeah. No. So oh. it moves in like an L shape. <laughs> he pulled out the thimble from Monopoly. <laughs> and he called it a horse. <laughs> um, that would be hysterical. He's a grandmaster, but he hasn't been playing long enough to learn all the words. I'm going to move my little boy. <laughs> little boy two steps forward. My, my favorite hey. part, my favorite part about this because like essentially this is the story of someone who thought that they were going to be great at something and then ultimately like failed hysterically but was had the confidence such that it like really did like shake initially this like grandmaster who's probably the best chess player uh of of the modern era favorite part is that after he after he demolishes him magnus carlson recreates the entire game that they played out from memory what writes it all down and then asks him about his moves and why he made them he's like oh no no so like remember on move eight when you did this why did you do that uh, and the guy's like i, I don't know i bad at chess <laughs> astounding but it's like it's like you realize like the disparity the true disparity he's like oh okay no 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 we played 39 moves here it was like boom 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 boom, boom. and he just like writes 
it all out. And then he's like, so what did you mean here on move 25? And you're just like, hold on. You have photographic memory. Like what the actual. We weren't playing the this. same game. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but that's the twist. It's only for chess. He doesn't remember what he had for lunch. He has, he, has terrible to have someone, he has to have someone help him get home. He doesn't remember where his house is, but yeah. he can. But chess. But chess. Golden. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, that's, that's. I mean, incredible. a couple of people have asked about a video component for the podcast. And the reason that we haven't moved on that yet, maybe at some point in the future, is because most of the show would just be me with my jaw on the ground. Yeah, we... Like, excuse me? I, I do <laughs> what often, do you mean? I do often save my fun facts for the podcast so that Jordan can be completely uh I realize I'm just making faces. I'm not actually vocalizing anything. It is. I've got the face for podcasts. I really do. No, but weirdly, every time you change your facial expression, it creaks like an old, like, copper yeah, like statue. Yeah, like an old door. What is it? I think the first agent ever told me is like, you've got a face for podcast and a voice for silent film. <laughs> wow. Wow. Mean dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. He wasn't in the picture. It was definitely my grandma. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's tough. She was famous That's, in the silent film wait, there. Too. I love the deadpan. That's tough. That's rough. That's tough. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to do that to my kids. <laughs> You're just taking notes. Yeah. You meant tough is ineffective. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Ooh. that's cool. Yeah. Wow. You turned out okay. And you ended up, and you ended up here. I'm going to take a few You notes. at least know what a knight is in chess. Well, speaking of Heather Wilder, oh. as is one of my favorite topics, <laughs> we should contextualize a little more. We, we didn't really talk about who yeah. she is and, and in our lives and who she should be to the listener. So uh, Heather is one of our coworkers. We're fortunate enough to work with Heather on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And one of our lovely, lovely friends. Aww. We've known each other a couple of years now. Uh, almost three years. That's, wow. That's, yeah. that's, I don't remember what happened three years ago overall. And I'm here too. <laughs> three years ago plus is just like, uh, I didn't catch the other Marvel movies, but I went to go see Thor Ragnarok. And it's like that, you know, I was like, oh, I don't really know the background, but I pretty much understand but, what's you know, happening. Marvel. It's like, yeah. remember the Avengers, Avengers with the Tesseract? I'm like, uh, I know that's like no. a keyword, but I, I know. Just so when I get tweeted, I've seen all the Marvel movies, so I can leave me alone. Yeah. yeah. Don't, it's, it's, don't DM can, me about I this. Can, <laughs> can maybe solve a crossword so wait, puzzle so about I it. Should, so I should delete the tweet that I was drafting to you. <laughs> yeah, this is the in-person tweet. <laughs> no, but it's like watching the Avengers and being like, oh, interesting. These these superheroes all seem fun. Do they have their own stories? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that's the one yeah. with uh, Professor Xavier, right? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Got it. Cool. Okay. Patrick got Stewart it. Uh, beats up <laughs> Chris And they're Evans. on the Enterprise. Got it. I do. I can do this. Man, there's no better way to uh, indenture ourselves to a nerdy fan base than to get information wrong. <laughs> That's 17 one star iTunes reviews guarantee. <laughs> I can, no, I know. No, I can sorry. hear the thundering herd coming. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> actually, actually, actually. <laughs> they're, they're all, they all start with actually. <laughs> it's building on that right. It's a, it's a thundering herd of mansplainers. <laughs> Actually, 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 oh my god, no. Oh god, please, you're, they're coming through the window. It's like a jack-in-the-box, and you're just cranking a wheel, and you know eventually it actually is going to pop With out. With every you crank, you when. spout like a wrong Yoda croak. <laughs> <laughs> ding, 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 ding. With, there is no doing, only trying. Ding, <laughs> actually. Yeah. That's why we need a video, because you could have seen me crank. <laughs> Both of us, to <laughs> each <Cranking>. other. <laughs> this go in the show? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we, just lost, we just lost 40 minutes. <laughs> I'm just here to Time watch you guys. Again. <laughs> so we bought some new audio equipment and it's like the best decision we've ever made. It's seriously, it's like we're doing a different show. It's like, it's like a different show. The str- my stress level during recording, I'm realizing, is like the things are just happening. Yeah. I don't have to worry about any of this. It's, it's literally like how in one recording break did we just change everything that was bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no more like sitting next to somebody and like, oh, like it's- I wonder if God asks himself or herself or themselves that after six days, they're like, well, I've changed everything. <laughs> <This is> brilliant. <laughs> if, it, well, if creation follows like the similar creative pattern that I indulge in, I'm sure the two of you do, it's probably about uh, on the first two days, God's just like, this is great. This is brilliant. This is definitely it. Day three, fuck. Oh, fuck. It's all wrong. What are you? Oh, fuck. Are- oh, God. <laughs> this is so bad. 
Debbie, can you come look at this? And can you just tell me what you think? <laughs> Debbie, I think it's great. Shut up. You don't you know don't shit. Know. Oh, fuck. And then day four, you're like, it's it's fine. It's, like, it's not it's that just, bad. It's fine. I mean, I can't fix it. Day so five just, comes around. <laughs> shit. Why did I put water on that? Debbie, what is that? <laughs> I, I think it's think? a platypus. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? It's like a duck? <laughs> I don't even fucking know what this thing is. I was trying to be like improvisational jazz. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get two of them, I guess. <laughs> Shit! I, oh god! Shit. And then like day eight is is the whole Noah thing. <laughs> like, it all happens. He's like, I fucked it up. I'm just gonna delete it. I'm just gonna delete the whole thing. Do it again because this is rubbish. And then halfway through, he's like, Oh fuck! I do like Noah though. <laughs> I wonder if it was just, it's just an etch a sketch, and it's <laughs> just it shake. All, and it's, but, yeah, it's waves and hellfire. <laughs> but all it real, all the universe really is is just a squiggly little square step going up. It's a weirdly elaborate drawing of an anime character. <laughs> it's the very first Control Out delete. <laughs> it's the shaka shaka. So, friends. Jordan and Heather, we have a topic today. Hello there. We do indeed. We sure do. And uh, Jordan, what's our topic? Great question. Heather, what's our topic? Jarvis, what's our topic? Our topic today is fear. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I invite my friends on the show. <laughs> this is really just my time. <laughs> this is really just me. This is Jarvis speaking. The only one who really cares about all of this. <laughs> the only boy who's truly sad. <laughs> the only boy who's truly sad. I say through tears along my face. You know, I listened to Hamilton the other day and I've heard Hamilton like 200 times probably. And I know all the words to the songs. Okay. And I was cleaning my apartment and I just listened to the whole thing and I was bawling by the end of it. Damn. That makes me sad. But I also am still really enjoying the part where you said I've listened to it 200 times and I also knew all the words as if you were prepared for me to go. No, you haven't. I don't know what in my face made you feel like you had to be defensive about Hamilton that. Boy. No, I, 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 I know all the words I, and I know all the actors and, I, and actually I, I can prove it. Don't even ask any follow up questions. And I can prove it prompted. Of all the things I would throw back a not all for, why would it be that? And I have a receipt for the ticket. It's on my Spotify Offline. <laughs> you can check my browser history on my phone. It's just always looking things up. Lin Manuel, like the Lin Manuel Miranda, like the tweet of mine one time, <laughs> which proves it. <laughs> he wouldn't do that unless he saw he me would, in the audience. He wouldn't do that unless he's unless he's seen my Tumblr where I secretly post my own two-hour recording of Hamilton. <laughs> It's just a badly photoshopped image of his him with your face on top of it. It's his me body. with like a George Washington wig photoshopped onto my head. <laughs> you could have just bought one. No, it was no. so much more work to move it frame by frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a proper three so D render. <laughs> Some frames is just off his head completely and then back on. So we're talking about fear. We're talking the things we're scared of, rational or irrational, and I want to kick things off. Is that okay? May I kick things? Go for that. You can goal. kick things. This oh, is your yeah. place. Right out. This is my apartment. I'm going to kick some things. And while I do that, I'm going to ask you a question. What was, as a child, let's throw out seven, six years old? That feels like a good child range. That's children, right? What was your reoccurring scary nightmare, if you had one? And if not, what's wrong with you? Come on. Oh, Didn't I... have a reoccurring one. Personally. Yeah, but not a reoccurring, but one that I most memorable? vividly remember. I have one still. that I vividly yeah, remember. Go, what is yours? Uh, so mine is I used to sleep on the couch because that's how home worked for me. I used to sleep on the couch and I remember feeling like I was in real life mm -hmm. sleeping on the couch as I normally would. Mm -hmm. Except for neighborhood dogs that are normally behind a cage oh, were chasing me. No. On the we couch? Had, we had a so it was like I was on the couch and they had just they were like running coming into for the you. house. That yeah. sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I uh, was just running away from them. And the couches, I'm guessing, right by the door, right? Like as soon as the door busts open, the dogs are ready to roll. Yeah, no yeah, stairs yeah. for them like, to and traverse. And are you feeling that anxiety in the entire dream? Like you can feel oh, yeah. them it's coming just, towards it's you? It's just me running. No, no, it's no. just oh. the running. That. Yeah. That is and awful. You won. Yeah. <laughs> You're a top ten spooked. I probably outlive those dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you. That's real. That's real rough. I really that's... beat those dogs no. by letting <laughs> them die. <laughs> Time is a cruel, <laughs> cruel thing. Young Heather, what is your? Well, I guess not recurring. Just number no, one the, spookiest. The most vivid dream I have, and when I when I. Talk about it out loud. I feel so dumb for being afraid of it once I describe the visual. But I was um, also in my childhood home. And yeah. in the dream, 
my home was exactly my house. It wasn't an amalgamation of like my house or my school. It was my home. And I remember I got up out of my bedroom and I walked down the hallway into the living room and I heard something out in our yard and our house had um, hedge, a hedge in front of the windows. So I, with my pinky, pulled the blinds, these metal blinds down that we had in my real house in the dream, pulled them down and looked outside and past the hedge, there was a man with melting mud skin with giant, giant eyes, like eyes almost as big as his face and bright yellow troll hair. And he, (laughs) (laughs) there it is, there it is. Sorry. Got you. I was, I was pulled you. in. I was, was thoroughly compelled. We were so engaged. We were so engaged. Ooh. Ah. He so was, got you. You bet a spooky mud saying. <laughs> well, before I knew anything about Goku, I dreamed of him. <laughs> but in the dream, this scary melting troll man is coming, he makes eye contact with me through the window and he sees me. <laughs> Jordan, How tall I is his hair, roughly? This is an adult man. Does he? It, 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 honestly, it would be like Chucky hair, but yellow. Okay. So, so like, so troll like dolls weren't fully articulated, so did he like waddle after <laughs> <laughs> He had a baby's melting face. And he had no clothes on. I don't think, no, he definitely had a blue flannel shirt, I think. And then I went to sleep and had a bad dream. (laughs) So he did have taste. And then I was like, Dad? Um, So he is coming into my house in the stream after he's made eye contact with me because he sees me, and I can't get my pinky unstuck from the metal blinds. So I'm stuck waiting for it. And uh, I woke myself up and then was in my actual bed as a child, but that has stayed with me forever. And your I, reaction is exactly why I don't ever tell it. And I'm so sad I told it that now. Was, no, no, this is, thank <laughs> you was, so much for sharing. I will say for the, 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 uh, to screen adaptation, there is one major change you'd make to the costume design. <laughs> just get it somewhat distracting. It's, it's the mud, right? It's, it's the mud. Get rid of the mud. I just want a yeah. blonde man. <laughs> blonde from top it to bottom. It has to be neon yellow. Neon yellow Like a neon yellow, yellow streak in the. With the texture of broken cotton candy. Like just that kind of troll hair. How yeah. hysterical would it have been if uh, 2017 horror hit It came into cinemas, <laughs> none of the trailers showed the hair, and then all of a sudden he's like, you'll, dra- you'll float too, and he just climbs out the sewer. <laughs> and then the kid goes, oh, that's... He's like, wait, what? Well, it's just your hair is a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> so, like, why do you have... Don't talk about the hair. I mean, he couldn't ever enter a room head first. He could never... <laughs> <laughs> he would kill all credibility. <laughs> even, even, laughing at even Jigsaw from the Saw movies, if he had just bright yellow hair, just suddenly not scary. Saiyan Tobin Bell. Allison Williams, his character from Get Out, <laughs> with, with blonde hair, not as scary for some reason. Not as spooky. That Jordan, is so fucking funny. We, <laughs> Jordan, I, I, I do want to just quickly mention, I find it very interesting that in both cases, you are in your homes, mm-hmm. which makes sense because when you're seven years old, it's the only location that exists. It's like four locations. Yeah, 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 and that's yeah. the most important one. But it's interesting that you were both, uh, it sounds like you were asleep or at least you were going to bed in your story, Heather. I don't, yeah, no, maybe. No time it, was, it was nighttime, but I don't really but have you, context you, for that. The other part that caught me was that these kind of dreams are so fundamentally forming that you remember the finger you got stuck. Yeah. Right. It wasn't my arm got stuck in the blinds and the guy was coming. No, 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 no. I opened it with my pinky, which weird move. Yeah, I know. <laughs> weird decision to do that. Um, and then it got stuck. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, these types of dreams are so sticky. They're, they're, they're like so scary. And maybe some of the first time that I've felt that type of fear before. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah, I think honestly... It, I don't have any uh, any uh, stories or, or evidence about this up, but I have to assume that a part of it is just a child's brain attempting to push itself to limits, right? Like part of it's cathartic, it's somewhat schadenfreude, but it's also just, well, things are pretty safe for me. I wonder how crazy the world could get. What if there was a mud boy? And then suddenly <laughs> you've thought of that. And the blinds, my finger gets stuck. It's like it's your brain attempting to challenge itself and condition itself to fear. Well, someone told me, and I'm sure this is backed up somewhere in the world, but someone told me that um, your brain always is processing everything you see at any given moment. So mm-hmm. you walk down the sidewalk and you might not consciously see all the faces, but your brain has taken in everybody. It sees every detail. It sees everything. And so I think your dreams are a place where your deep consciousness is trying to 
work everything out. And that's why as I've gotten older and I've had more environments, my my home, if I dream of my childhood home now, is also my the home I had when I was 13. It's also my college dorm. Like it's it's it becomes more uh, like amalgamous as I right. get older. Nothing is as pure as my night terrors when I was a young child. Yeah. My, as a young child, everything was very, very crystalline. And yeah. uh, and you'd wake up being very afraid of the melting knew, troll man. Yeah, like Jordan was saying, you knew four places. So like yeah. the <laughs> fact that you would just like, I remember being in my school one time and turning super sand <laughs> as I... <laughs> my face melting. And then, you came, then you came to my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some girl's dream. And I had, I had bright blonde hair. Damn it, so Jarvis. the story checks out. Jordan, we haven't heard from you. Ugh. What's your recurring scary dream? Uh, so I actually have a recurring one, one that came up to me again and again that uh, my, my uh, loyal listener, Joy Cope, my mother, can corroborate. Does it it's, still happen it, now? Is it now? Hasn't happened in years. Okay. And actually, interestingly, uh, well, we can touch on this after I tell my story, but I have not had a nightmare in quite some time. And I, oh, a lucky. part of that is just that when you're a kid, everything is bigger than you and stronger than you. Mm. So of course you're scared of literally everything. It's like instincts, you know? Yeah, you are pure amygdala, right? Just everything's fight or flight. I'm going to die or I'm going to live, run away or fight. Well, never fight, just run away. Just run. run. (laughs) Which, come to think of it, is pretty much where I'm at right now. (laughs) But when I was growing up, I had a... My favorite movie growing up was The Fifth Element. Mm. Still love that movie. Mm -hmm. It's a weird movie. It's a peculiar movie. Highly recommend checking it out if you haven't. We, we have like listeners that are too young to know what that movie is. How oh, please go do yourself a favor and watch this movie. Please check out The Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. But the thing that stuck with me, there is a sequence in The Fifth Element where there is a blue alien opera singer. Yep. You know, we're remembering. No, I'm, I'm with you. <sighs> Spoiler alert for a 48-year-old movie. <laughs> is, is now a good time to say that I haven't seen The Fifth Element? <laughs> so, you were too busy haunting young girls' dreams of a melting super saiyan. <laughs> I, I, I slept for 22 hours a day. So the weird thing about The Fifth Element, and something that maybe you contextualize in why, why this particular sequence I'm about to describe was so scary, is that this was, uh, I believe Fifth Element's early 1990s, maybe mid-1990s. So we're pre-ultra-fidelity CG. Mm-hmm. We haven't quite reached that point, Mm-mm. but we've also still putting a lot of money into movies. No, money has never been put this aggressively into filmmaking before. So the practical sets are heavier, more realistic, yep. more considerate than ever. It mm-hmm. is shocking. Like the brain can't really compute it yet. And I watched this in maybe like 2002. So the sequence that I constantly revisit in my mind is a sequence where the blue alien woman mm-hmm. gets, uh, she gets killed mm-hmm. and there are stones cut out of her stomach. Yep. In the movie, it's treated like, Oh, I was here. I kept the stones for you. It's an important MacGuffin for the plot. and So reverent, right? It's, it's, yeah. She's beautiful and she's an opera singer and it's amazing. The only part my brain held on to was get your stomach cut open <laughs> and run away. And you guns and explosions. It was just like the most, I can still think about it. She would turn up in my room, slit on her stomach. No. No blood. Oh bizarrely, I don't think I have a concept for that yet, but just standing in my room. Again, my room. Yeah. Home. Your you sacred know, space as a little kid. You're invading my safe space. And uh, she she would just wander in, not do anything particularly threatening. Her head would look a bit scarier than usual, but it already has tendrils, so fuck that noise. And she yeah. wasn't singing to you. She was not singing. What a bitch. Not even really doing anything. <laughs> 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 that might be why she was holding me what a corner. What a dead a corpse. This blue <laughs> what, a corpse. what a corpse. <laughs> what an absolute corpse. But it wasn't like I was being haunted. She wasn't doing anything active. She was just in the room. Oh, that's horrifying. Um, yeah. And I. Highly recommend people watch this movie. That doesn't happen. <laughs> she does not haunt no. a mixed race English child. <laughs> Although check out the bonus features that might be involved. In yeah, weird, weirdly on the DVD extra. I haven't seen the movie, but I have seen the DVD extras. There's an Easter egg of Jordan's bedroom. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> like uh, it's yeah, in 1999. My my nightmare was actually mainly about director Luke Besson coming into my room and filming. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my fear. Um, but I. To be honest, that's the last nightmare I remember. I just had one this morning. No. It was so visceral that I woke up at 3 a.m. and I didn't. I couldn't go back to bed. Hold on, wow. hold on. Let yeah. me guess. Let me guess. Uh, uh, you were so recording mad. a podcast with two mixed race boys, <laughs> two pieces of shit. Are you kidding me? That's a fantasy. <laughs> oh. Oh. NSFW Saucy. podcast. <laughs> okay, so what was your actual uh, horrible, horrible? Nightmare? So I don't. I don't remember the full build up because I really. Uh, only remembered the the very last scary part. Um, But it was, I was in an argument with someone and, oh, I do, I'm sorry, this is going to be really dumb. Someone was using a bagel cutter. 
to Okay, sorry, this is the spike this is the troll hair equivalent of this story. Just just take an editor's brush to this story. He had a blade and it was used to cut a bagel into two halves. See, that's the part of lucid dreaming is that I can't lie to myself in the dream because I am so conscious of how dumb things are. So that I wasn't scared until it became scary. You're lucid in this dream. Yeah, I'm lucid I'm lucid dreaming. I, I often lucid dream. Um, so it was lucid dreaming. And so I realized at first they were just cutting Dune books. It was Dune. I don't know why. The novel Dune. The novel Dune. Yes. Okay. With a bagel cutter? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Damn. It, it hardback? But not like, it wasn't like they were, well, I don't know how they were doing it at first, to be fair to no, myself. No, 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 but this is like the classic dream story where it's like, no, it was terrifying. It's like, there was a baby with an old man's face. <laughs> And then it's like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it ends with a corpse on top of me, so it got horrible. <laughs> I, that's the teaser trailer. It's like, it, 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 there was a bagel cutter, and then there was a corpse. Come watch the movie, because the middle part's interesting. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it, Jump the Shark. <laughs> yeah, that movie I'm took That corpse would never use a bagel jump. cutter. <laughs> They, they're not very dexterous, and you got to have a lot of like wrist strength to use oh a bagel cutter. Anyway, they were cutting Dune books in half. I don't know why, and I remember questioning the dream, but I couldn't wake myself up. And the person who was doing it um, came over to me and kept uh, trying to grab my shoulders or like grab my Whoa. whatever. And we're, and we're getting really aggressive, and they were screaming in my face, and I don't really remember. And I remember reaching up and putting my hand on their face to push them away. And my fingers sunk into their uh, eyes, uh. like or like around their eyes, so into the skull. And then they mummified on top of me. What? Whoa. And their torso fell off, and they were a <laughs> mummified. <laughs> Too much to process. <laughs> and it was a clown. And, <laughs> and then he had um, bright yellow hair. My brain. <laughs> bright yellow hair. You went super saiyan. My then, brain yeah. can't render all it. this. <laughs> I don't well, have enough RAM. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, and then I woke I'm up. freezing in, in real life. See, and I, people hate talking about dreams, but I love them so much because I need someone to help me figure out what's no, the problem is the reason most dreams are boring to listen to is because they don't have as many twists as that one. <laughs> I didn't know M. Night Shyamalan directed your dream. <laughs> oh, shit. I did have a contract with him. <laughs> Dang. Bad uh, why this did is I our 50-second <laughs> installation. That's what's going on. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I, so, yeah, I just had one, and it was horrible. It was, and the, I guess it was that I pushed this, like, torso corpse off and I could look into these mummified like dead looking lizard eyes oh, so. uh, and I was like you have to wake up now and watch friends <laughs> you can't, you can't. <laughs> the ultimate sound I'll be there for you I'll be there for me it was that the office jingle I was like I need something clean and wholesome in my head right now so, uh, so I've been up since then <laughs> so now that we've talked about um, our fears Irrational that live inside fears. of our dreams. Now that every listener is crying in the fetal position. <laughs> uh, with blonde hair. <laughs> blonde hair and a melting... Melting faces in both stories. This one wasn't melted, it mummified. So. You melted his face. All right. Yes, now that we've Similar talked about... Similar but different. Now that we've discussed, mm, like, 17 new creepypastas. Yeah. Pop up on yeah. I'm now drafting 45 Reddit posts. <laughs> Um, what are some real world like fears? What are your biggest fears? Yeah. In, in normal sad boys, we actually have not rehearsed this. We did not talk about what we want to talk mm -mm. about. We only discussed the fact that we want to discuss fear. And I want to set a true sad boys precedent, both for the three people in this room and for uh, people that might want to DM or tweet at us. There are no limits. You like, hear that we, Brad Pitt? <laughs> you hear that Brad Pitt listening again? Like I genuinely want to hear intense Fears. Like I want to hear. Yeah. It can be a thematic thing. It can just be, man, I'm scared of death. Or it can be something specific. It can be a thing that you yeah. maybe sure. is coming, maybe isn't. It. Let's get there. Yeah. Well, okay. real quick. And I want Heather, our guest, to go first regarding fear. Oh, okay. But um, when we were talking earlier, we were like, oh, you know, all millennials are afraid of death. I'm actually not afraid of death. Uh, so that's an interesting thing in and of itself. But so my fear is completely unrelated to that. Uh, but go ahead, Heather. Let's hear that. Yeah, actually, I'm 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 not afraid of death. More so that I, if I think about it, I am afraid of the vastness of adventure that happens next. It oh, reminds man. me of it. It's like space for me. It's very exciting, and it makes me think of death because it's ever expanding and ever unexplorable and it equally makes explored. Me think of like the 
you know, all the yellow dye I'll need to buy for the, the afterlife. <laughs> How will I haunt people without my spiky hair? Well, if the past is any <laughs> consolation prize, you do a really good job. Yeah. So, okay. Also, by the okay. way, guaranteed to dream about that tonight. So thanks for those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so welcome. There's no way I don't have a dream with somebody with yellow hair. This is my yeah. gift to you. <laughs> <laughs> this is my power. <laughs> so Heather- I don't use it wisely. I use it just very flippantly. So, um, my fear. Yes. My fear. I... Ooh. And to emphasize, yeah. this can be thematic or... Yeah, specific. I think truly my fear, I live in fear of, um, I don't know if I live in fear. I'm constantly worried about hurting someone. Not like physically, but just that, uh, or maybe, I don't know, I'm kind of clumsy. I mean, but we should just say the, you're seven and a half feet tall. Yeah, I mean, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so muscular. I just can't ever fit through a door frame. It's just, I know I... Yeah, hurting someone. Yeah, hurting someone. I, I really... I just think the world at large is often not very kind, mm. whether intentionally or otherwise, or just not being present. And I am really worried about hurting people. I really, I don't want to be someone that walks heavily and irresponsibly in the world around me. I want to right. walk, not not maybe in fear or cautiously, but very cog uh, cognizantly, and that I'm really taking care of the people around me, whether I know them or not, that I am being kind. Do you feel like there's so. a there was a catalyst for that fear or is that it, you, you don't know where it comes from? It's just something that's really compelling. I mean, I think I've hurt people. I, I, I've certainly hurt people in my life because I haven't been present or because like I took a joke too far or uh, it, 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 honestly, probably, it, probably mostly I've hurt people when I've been like testing out like comedy, like, even being very yeah. young, like learning, yeah. Yeah, yeah. learning your comedy muscles. Like I sometimes overextended because what you have no frame of reference. Well, even, oh, yeah. even into my early twenties, I mean, comedy has really evolved for me and I definitely tried things and was, and was hanging around friends that had like much darker kind of more like violent mm. humor, humor is not personalities, but, um, yeah. So, so I realized that there were things like, like shock jock humor is just not, I don't have the skill set in which to make it, I, I guess, palatable. Right. Um, and shock, so, I, what yeah. Would, what would be your definition of shock jock? I, I, I guess I don't even know if there's a really good definition of that, but it, things that are like typically, um, like I think Chelsea Handler is pretty shocking, or like Sarah Silverman. Like right, there are these, right. there are these really great, um, or Beth Stalling even is really good. She, they, they have this ability to talk about like potentially controversial or taboo topics in a way that feels very relatable, and maybe maybe sometimes jumps over the line, but then they, they kind of quickly come back. Right, really, right. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think they're, and I don't think they've been perfect. I do think there's some things that like, oh, maybe that it was a little farther but this time in the long jump, but that they Comedy is about it. finding that line. Yeah. Too, I, yeah. But I, 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 but I often think that maybe my venue wasn't right or my audience wasn't right. And so maybe I hurt someone. And that is a horrible feeling because mm -hmm. I actually was just having a conversation with a friend today about does the intention of your words matter or right. do your words, that's just it. And I do think your emotional intention matters. Um, but I also think that you can still hurt someone. Yeah, if you throw both. a dagger, like you, you are still throwing a dagger. Yeah, if you so. accidentally stab somebody with a dagger. <laughs> you uh, stab somebody with a dagger. Less. It, doesn't, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't the matter. The whoopsie that you, of it. <laughs> like, oh, oh, well, you didn't mean to, so I'll just walk to the hospital. <laughs> Yeah, I'll hey, take an blood, Uber pool. Yeah, yeah. Get, I make a doc, Zoc doc appointment and then immediately <laughs> cancel it. Okay, well, I, yeah, it's too so soon. Let's not so talk about that. Sorry. See, Let's go oh, back damn to it, stabbing someone. Talking about hurting. I'm injured. Uh, that's my, I really, I just, I, I want to be, and I see people being hurt just in the world at large. And I think we, I just want people to feel not only safe with me, but that I will be able to, protect or take care of someone, I guess. I, I am really worried about hurting people. It's, right. That's my fear, yeah. I think a really big issue, maybe you relate to this, maybe you don't, but I feel like most of the time, if I'm trying to be considerate of, of, of a joke that I'm making, or maybe not even a joke, just if I'm providing criticism, mm -hmm, constructive mm -hmm. or otherwise, like <sighs> I really struggle with deciding whether or not it is my responsibility to condition a comment to somebody's like comfort level. Oh, sure. Like, be polite. Don't be a dick. That's pretty universal. Right, yeah. right. Don't be a dick. That's the overall tip. That's the tip only from... golden rule that I <laughs> golden, <laughs> golden hair, golden rule. <laughs> the golden hair rule. Don't be a dick. <laughs> don't have a melty face and don't be a dick. Um, I just sort of feel like occasionally I will be providing, you know, we all work at the same company and, and in, our, in our company there is a general 
tone of candor and feedback. That's mm-hmm. something that, that's pushed as a core behavior. And as a result, sometimes I'll be like providing feedback to somebody and trying to be as candid, as trying to be as direct as possible. And I think, well, should they just be able to handle that? Is that their responsibility? Right, right. Is the joke that mm. I make that they can't handle, but Jarvis can? Like, I make a joke that Heather upsets Heather, but doesn't upset Jarvis. Yeah, Do yeah. I just go like, well, Heather I'm should be one, more like Jarvis. I'm really looking forward to that joke. Oh, I've I been working on one. <laughs> yeah, I've got a white, I've got an extra sketch over here that I've been writing <laughs> some ideas on. I, I am very guilty of that. I, I think I... I think one, this is a strength of mine that I craft everything for the audience, the very specific audience. So if I think that like Jarvis can't take that or whatever, then I like wrap it in a package that I think would be digestible uh, by that person. But I ultimately, the reason I developed those skills of translation and and, and, and packaging mm-hmm. are because I am also afraid of of hurting people's feelings. When I was on the playground, like at seven years old, I found out that somebody didn't like me mm. and I ran, I chased after them and I asked them, <laughs> what could I do to make you like me? That's so I, I, hello, I heard <laughs> you don't like me. Could you please explain how I could become in your good favor? <laughs> you know, oh, like, hello there. <laughs> hello there, it's me. Like, I do hope you start to like me because <laughs> otherwise I'm going to have to do something else. <laughs> And I don't want to have to do that. And my hair turns gold. <laughs> and then your face starts to melt. To melt. <laughs> oh, I think that's really interesting. So you would yeah. categorize your uh, one of the, your key fear as not wanting to hurt people. Or I guess if to put it in an action, I guess would be to hurt someone. Yeah. My oh, fear, yeah. Right, yeah. My, like I, I hope I operate in a place of um, compassion and kindness and empathy. But I, and I, I, yeah. My fear is that I would hurt someone. That's, yeah. I just. Oh, to, to date, yeah. do you have a particular story or a recent event, be it a few years ago or? Oh, I mean, I say dumb stuff all the time. I now <laughs> hey, it's happening. Good news, we're on the right <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I mean, I I I love making people laugh. It feels so great to see someone laugh. Um, because I know what it feels like when someone makes me laugh, and it's just so great. So I love being able to reciprocate that. But sometimes it doesn't land or yeah yeah whatever. Like, I mean I don't know I don't even know if I have a great example of it I'm just I'm sure I have said something in passing or uh, I didn't think anything of it or I forgot to send a thank you card or just so, any kind of being a human thing that you just are doing and living and it happens um how do you yeah because like I found that there is a re- certain amount of resiliency to my relationships with people so if I happen to offend someone it's not all over, you know, if I happen oh, to sure. like hurt someone, there is recourse for that. Um, so in, in your like ultimate fear, like town, mm. is this like you've wronged me and I can never forgive you and I and we can never move forward? No, I think the relationships I've established now in in my present moment also feel very resilient and there's a lot of depth to them and a lot of room to make mistakes Mm. Um, and to be just a person who's trying to figure it out like everyone else. I think really it's, it's the not knowing someone else or, or, or walking through life, not in any way projecting that someone is not having as vivid of an experience as mine, but that, but that I'm just, I'm in my own world dealing with my own day that I don't say thank you to someone yeah. or that, I, or that, you know, like the, just the, the very small things. I think I really might be misattributing this quote, but I do believe that it was Maya Angelou that said something along the lines that, that there is no person that you meet that you do not leave a mark upon or that you do not touch. Mm. Um, I'm totally not saying the, the right quote, but that has the version of that has always resonated in me that I've always believed that no matter who you touch or how you interact, you, there's a thread that you tie to them and you carry that thread with you forever. So we're constantly interconnected. I I believe the quote goes, um, no matter how you interact with someone, you will kill a mockingbird. (laughs) (laughs) And the quote was written by a bird (laughs) being very defensive. So Jordan, uh, how about you? Like, what is your, biggest fear it's actually very interesting that the two of you were talking about a lack of fear for death earlier um in reference to my my zocdoc syndrome <laughs> identification um because it, it got me to thinking actually it's something else i was going to say is my central fear but i think this is much better you two have unlocked it which is i'm not afraid of death i'm afraid of dying mm-hmm. that's the thing that seems to crop up a lot the idea that my journey to the abyss 
would be an obligation for other people, would be something that got in the oh, way and, mm. and lowered things. And, and of course, right, Joy right. Cope is listening. Love it to pieces. Don't worry. Don't plan on dying. <laughs> so that's not on the cards for me. But that, that always crops up. I think when I'm lying in bed and I'm a little tired and I'm a little phasey, I'm like, oh, well, better check what this, uh, <laughs> this eye twitch is. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm already dead. I've got eye twitch, the thing that happened before you die, and then I look up WebMD and I get my Zocdoc right. appointment. The thought process is not, well, I'm not going to be able to watch the rest of Stranger Things season two. It's, I really, really <laughs> don't want to be, I don't want to upset all the people in my life. And that doesn't limit it to my family. It limits it to my connections. It limits me to you two. That's something that I'm sure would upset you, hopefully. Right, yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, it's it, that's the thing that scares me the most. And, and part of that is drawn from the fact that uh, I'm very thankful for having that kind of network. Mm-hmm. It feels like a real privilege. Yeah. And to bring, it sounds so silly saying it out loud, but there's a part of me that feels responsible for all the positivity. Like any love that we mm. share or, or positive relationship that we foster, as soon as I get like sick or, oh, Jordan broke his arm, now he's in the way. Like that yeah, suddenly yeah, feels yeah. like a thing that I did to everyone around me. And yeah. it's utterly irrational. It's something I think about a lot. I don't think it's irrational. I, would Would you say that it's not just like, dying what you just mentioned breaking your arm is it the is it the fear of becoming a burden obligations an obligation yeah yeah i'm not crystal clear i mean i have a little speculation on that it could be related to the fact that i'm a single child single mother Mm. and despite Mm -hmm. the fact that she was and continues to be an 11 out of 10 mother right she is the original linda carter wonder woman oh she is straight there was any if there was any question about (laughs) she is a straight up wonder woman yeah uh, I mean, we're going to have to do an entirely separate episode because everybody in in this room loves Joy Cope so quite much. significantly. And she's Hi, listening Joy. to this right now. You've got to get your mom um, on the podcast. In fact, oh, God, she's listening to this. <gasps> she's listening to this. When does this come out? Uh, week after Thanksgiving. Okay. She's listening to this after I turned up to surprise her for Thanksgiving. Oh, she doesn't know. <gasps> she has no idea. Yes. I get on a plane tomorrow evening to fly over and spook the shit out of her. <laughs> That's the only real goal. Not there for love. No. <laughs> I'm going to go TP her house. <laughs> a real good spook. Surprise, it's me. Yeah, Joy Cope, listening in the future. I scared yeah. you. <laughs> I think that obligation to others and, like, your responsibilities is natural. I think yeah. it's like... Uh, I don't want to go away because, or I don't want to go away because I am beholden to all these other people. They need things from me and mm-hmm. that's not going to go away. That has to die as well. And it's almost like you're dying, you know, a million, like as many friends as you have that many deaths. Yeah, exactly. And and that's a lot of responsibility and, and you can translate to things outside of death. Oh, you sure, can translate totally. that over to, oh, what if I quit my job? Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, all these people that were either dependent on me financially or all of these people that were dependent on me just as co-workers, mm-hmm. all of us right, had right. that much of a ripple. And I mean, we'll do a whole other episode on this, but that's certainly something that I've struggled with in relationships. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a thing that, that wigs me out. The idea that I would be that responsible for somebody's consistency and happiness has on occasion panicked me a little bit. I've thought to myself, oh my God, but what if I this is another person in my life that now if I do get sick or I do have to leave the country, that's another really big one for me is, is, mm. is getting deported is if that happens, what kind of impact is that going to have? Right. And right. Now I have plus one person. My wife is now going to be terrified of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is actually why I've chosen to be single. And it's not because, uh, you're everybody just utterly love me. uncharming. Yeah. No, that can't be it. It's actually <laughs> because really terrible halitosis. Just because of a really cool reason. <laughs> it's definitely not because I'm thoroughly unlikable and make a lot of inappropriate jokes. So you always wear mismatched socks. <laughs> That's actually pretty true. <laughs> they'll, they'll peek behind the curtain on that one. <laughs> Young Jartvis, yes. how about you, my friend? What is your central fear? Um, so uh, the one thing I talk about the most with my therapist and that seems to drive all of my actions is uh, the fear that everything that I've built for myself uh, will one day like go away all in like a flash. Oh. Um, and that's like the biggest fear that I'll be like sort of at zero with like no skills and no friends and everything that I thought that I had was wow, actually really? just like a lie. Yeah. Is there typically a catalyst for that in this in this fear scenario or is it just it disappears? Uh, I think usually or oh, oh like what causes it? Yeah. Um, usually it's like the like it could be seen it could be seen as like a big imposter syndrome. Like people find out that I'm not who I pretend to be or something like that. And sure. then and then they are not once they realize who I really am, they're no longer interested. Yeah. Eh, 
So like that's that that's like my my fear is that just like everything goes away. Um and so I think that's why I'm more uh I like need I like sometimes need and I'm working on this obviously, but like I need validation from people. I need to know that everything's okay because I'm afraid that everything's just gonna like go away if I don't like meticulously take care of it all. That is fascinating to me. I know we're not in like solution space. This is just open yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like you the place you've gotten to in your life and, and the, the comforts and privileges that you've built for yourself are not the result of chance, right? They're the result of grind of, of, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, there's parts of me that I think I simultaneously, uh, am, am proud of myself and think that what I've built is real. And mm-hmm. then sometimes when like the going gets tough, I'm like, well, maybe I was wrong. Mm-hmm. How could this be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surely if any bad things happen, I fucked it up. Yeah. It yeah, must yeah. Be, that's, right? yeah. That's, that's really what happens. It's like enough bad things go wrong. And then I start to question everything. Mm. I think a phrasing is very interesting because I think everybody is scared of, of, of losing things and of losing progress on things, but your specific phrasing, which I think makes it unique to you is just that it's gone. Ding, suddenly, yeah. the world, that the tower that I built has crumbled in the foundations. Yeah, it feels like, I don't feel like I've built flimsy relationships, but for some reason, when I, like, the going gets tough, that fear of everything actually just not being as strong and as flimsy, uh, uh, or as strong as I think it is, is real. And it's probably related to sort of some of my, uh, you know, like in my life, I've had um, people very close to me uh, pass away, mm. um, and I, I like I've lost people very close to me. And the relationship that I've built from that is that at any point everything can go away. Like your whole yeah. world can just be like pulled, the rug can be pulled out wow. from under you. Um, but I ultimately don't believe it's like a real. I, I ultimately believe it to be irrational. Um, well, that, I mean, that's the tricky thing about fear, right? Because you yeah, can yeah, you yeah, can yeah, acknowledge yeah. that it makes zero sense. But that seems to do nothing, which seems a bit unfair. (laughs) I feel like I'm making all the right moves if I say, well, yep, doesn't make sense. Like if you step back for just a second and hear your logical box and you're like, you know, (laughs) but that really you can only sustain that force field for a few moments before you're back in the fear. And you're like, oh, damn it, I'm here again. It's like something you have to focus on. You have to push it away with your hand. And as soon as you reach over to pick something up, oh, he got a little bit closer. Like you know that there is no melty face blonde man coming to your home, but you can recite that exact story to me in detail it's because i because he's there because he's already inside yeah <laughs> so as we, as super we, because he's behind you right now it's Jarvis. and he's it's behind we, the listener we've, we've right mapped now. it all together i was the man in the mud <laughs> now i think this particular episode is going to be a really interesting one for homework I, I i know i always say this but i am so curious for people to dm the sad boys account it's open dms yeah or just tweet us regularly if you're just, uh, that. yeah god damn because it's all going to be weirdly nuanced yeah. nobody has boring fears no, you know, fear is not boring. It's too exciting a premise. Like you just can't have boring fears. Heather, would you be down to come back uh, for an episode where we one talk about people's fears that they tell us, oh, and yeah. we like work through some of the stuff that we've been uh, talking oh, about? I really, yeah, I would love to do that. I would love to hear what what other people's fears are. Boom! So uh, we're gonna do yeah, that. So now you gotta you gotta send us in you your are fears. Now contractually obliged, both as listeners and Heather, <laughs> to come back for next time. Yeah. I would never disappoint future Joy, and so the commitment <laughs> has been made. Well, Joy still rattled from me turning up out of nowhere. <laughs> For Thanksgiving, she had so. no idea. She's shocked. joy. We knew the whole time. We knew the whole time. Um, well, Heather, thank you so much for being here. Thank you both for having me. This was so much fun. I'm just, yeah, Heather. Um, where can we find you on social media? I believe you have an Instagram. That is- I do have an Instagram. You can come hang out with me anytime. It's perfectly underscore pippa p i p a. Uh, yeah, You're in for a come treat. hang out. And if I'm just, oh, if I'm just, oh, I want another slice of Jarvis. I haven't enough Jarvis today. Where do I get more Jarvis, Jarvis? Uh, you can go ahead and find me on Twitter at Jarvis. Yep, just my first name. And I'm on YouTube. And I'm on YouTube at youtube.com slash Jarvis Johnson. Woo! And funnily enough, you, as of this recording, just released a new video which tackles the feeling of not necessarily fear, but vulnerability, which a lot of yeah. people are afraid of. Oh, it's yeah, so I think good. it's I think it's rooted in fear. And it was also a video that I couldn't have made without like getting some sad boys under my belt, like sort of getting comfortable with being vulnerable for hours at a time. Um and yeah, no, every uh, if you're interested in any of the stuff we talked about with fear, 
one, there will be another Fear episode. Two, uh, I made a video about vulnerability. So go ahead and check that out. Get vulnerable. Yeah. Get weird. Tweet at us. Engage. Send us DMs about everything you're afraid of. Guess what? Your fear is now probably a melting face troll. <laughs> fuck me, that's you're mine welcome. forever. <laughs> you know what? I, and I never thought about it again. If, if, you, if you walk away from this podcast with anything, uh, it's that we all now share the same fear. <laughs> Sad oh, wait, just brings get, all the sad together. We're going to get the same tweet over and over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a yellow-faced mud monster. It's just going to say Heather Wilder over and over again. She did I'm it. I'm so sorry. 280 I've hurt characters all of you. Worth. You see how this feeds into my fear? I've hurt everyone. You've hurt, you've we, hurt Sleeping John. Oh, no. You know what, guys? We do have fun. We do have fun. We do we? have fun. Now, Heather? Mm. I don't know if you've heard the podcast. I honestly wouldn't recommend it personally, but I hear that some people do listen. We do a thing at the end of every episode mm -hmm. where we say a little phrase. And we say it because it's 100% true. And Jarvis, what is that phrase? That phrase is, we love you and we're sorry. So if you're up for it, yes. we will say, Jordan and I in unison, as if we're in some sort of Pacific Rim... <laughs> 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 like mech, where we, we're, we're drift compatible. We're speaking at the same time. We'll say we love you, and you'll say, and we're sorry. That seems fitting. All right, George. <laughs> because by God, after that I'm story, so I am sorry. so fucking sorry. It's so true. We, we love, love you. you. And we're sorry. Perfect. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Kaboom. Now I'm going to go dream. <laughs>